Good morning. Welcome to our assembly. I made a promise a few weeks ago, and I'm going to make good on that this morning with a follow-up sermon next Sunday morning. The subject is Bible authority. Most of us have heard and perhaps have used that expression, and we bring this up in a variety of ways in our teaching and preaching throughout the year. So it may be that we are not plowing new ground for a number of people who are here, but a review of our understanding and application is always wise. And it may be that there are people in this audience who have not had the benefit of this knowledge. It is important for me to be clear right in the very beginning of this two-part study. What are we talking about when we say Bible authority? We are not talking about what human interpreters of the Bible feed us that we consume without individual study. May I repeat, when we talk about Bible authority, we are not talking about what human interpreters of the Bible feed us that we consume without individual study. And it doesn't serve us well to just review and repeat what we've said and heard before. The subject is so important, there is always justification for a fresh, objective study. I hope and pray the passages that I direct our attention to today and next Sunday morning will be valuable for each of us. So, what are we talking about then? What do we mean? Is there a simple statement in the Bible that tells us what this is all about? And there is. And in fact, it is a statement captured by two words. In Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7, God reigns. Two words, God reigns. When we talk about following God's word in all that we do, we ought to keep these two words well in mind. God reigns. The prophet said, How beautiful are the feet of those who deliver the message of salvation from God. And this is quoted by Paul in Romans chapter 10. And in the text of Isaiah, there is this truth to be acknowledged at the start of any consideration of the authority of the Bible. The Bible was given by God who reigns. The God who reigns gave us this book. We want to hear from Him through His revealed Word, believing that He is sovereign. God reigns. That is such a good starting place when addressing this important subject. Bible authority needs to begin with this truth nailed down. God reigns. God is supreme. All authority derives from Him. We sometimes refer to this as the sovereignty of God. And within that word sovereignty, there is that word reign. 
the authority of God. Isaiah said it simply, God reigns. Now I want you to do this. Perhaps you wrote down the word authority if you're taking notes. Or you've got that word well in mind. What I want you to do that I think is helpful is leave off the last three letters and see what word you have. Author. God is the supreme creator of life and he is the author of the Bible. Here's something I'm going to repeat a couple of times today and again next Sunday morning. We must never just think of a book called the Bible. But always think primarily of the Bible's author, God. May I say that again? We must never just think of a book called the Bible, but always think primarily of the Bible's author, God who reigns. Now, let's work from there. God is the creator. If you make something with your own materials, your own time, your own skill, it is said that it belongs to you. You have a legal claim of ownership. The law of the land recognizes that. It makes sense even to people who may have no regard for God. If I make something with my own materials, my own time and my own skill, I can say it is mine. And from that I can claim a right of ownership. I can do as I want with what I've made. I can keep it or sell it or rent it or give it away or change it or destroy it. Well, you know where I'm headed with this. God made us. He made me. He made you. So if you start there, God made us just based on that creation truth. What is emphasized is God reigns. He owns us. And as that right of ownership is acknowledged, we understand his claim of authority over man. God, the creator, can make laws and demand that we comply And God can set consequences if we don't comply. God can make laws and demand that we comply under threat of punishment. Because God reigns and he reigns because he's the creator. God, the creator, can provide also a way for us to get out of sin, to be forgiven of sin. God, the creator, can set conditions of forgiveness. And God, the Creator, can give instructions for individuals and families and churches to follow. And such instructions we find in this book. God reigns, and behind this grand truth, there is the fact of His creation. He made us, and He owns us, and He can tell us what He wants to tell us and demand that we do it under threat of punishment. There is no authority except from God. That's a statement of the Apostle Paul in Romans 
13. God reigns. Now, as the divine creator who made us and who reigns, God made this choice for our good. He sent His Son, and Jesus is King. God is the sovereign creator, can delegate, He can assign, He can raise up. In Matthew chapter 28, you heard this earlier, we're going to listen to it again. In Matthew chapter 28, God sent Jesus as the Savior, and as Jesus concluded His work on earth, this was said. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God, who reigns, God who is the Creator, who made us, gave all authority to Jesus to be king over His kingdom. Notice here that entrance into His kingdom is through baptism. And those in that fellowship with God are to observe all that Christ commanded. Christ is the king. God put him on that throne. And in our submission to God, we're going to obey Jesus Christ. David sang of the unconquerable king reigning at Jehovah's right hand as the people offer themselves willingly in holy array to obey him. That's the theme in Psalms 110. That desire... To obey Him will always take us to Scripture. Ephesians 1 says that Christ is the head of the church. Speaking of Scripture, the Holy Spirit is the divine revealer. In Ephesians 3, Paul said, What he wrote was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. I'll come back to that in a moment. Agreeing with that, in John 13, Jesus told the apostles the Spirit would reveal through them all the truth we need. So, where are we? God holds ownership of humans as the Creator. God reigns. He gave all authority to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has revealed the truth for us to believe, teach, and practice. Therefore, this next part is important. Man is not the authority. For example, I cannot create a law and impose it on you. I do not reign. I didn't make you. I do not own you. I was not appointed as the Savior and King. Even if I join with other men in some sort of creed-making convention, 
and we sit down and we draw up religious laws and we negotiate and we bargain and finally we vote on a religious law that we have published. You should ignore it. You don't need to read it. It carries no weight. Because we who wrote it are not creators. We have no sovereignty. We don't own you. And we've not been appointed as Jesus was to be your king. Man is not the authority. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 10.23. It is not within man to direct his own steps. The idea of a human religious hierarchy or a human religious legislative body writing religious law is nowhere in this book recommended. Even when you talk about the apostles of Christ, they did not conceive and manufacture and write religious law from their own minds. That's not what they did. That's not their function. They didn't write religious law. They bound on earth what had been bound in heaven and loosed on earth what had been loosed in heaven. So, we start here. God is the ultimate authority. As the Creator who made us, God reigns. He appointed Jesus as the King. The Holy Spirit has revealed the Word of God. Man is not the authority. Now that brings us to this question. And you may already know what the answer is. But we need to address it. The question is one of communication. I see that I need to do what God says because He owns me and made me and He is sovereign. But what does He say? I see that God gave authority to His Son, Jesus, who is King. But Jesus doesn't call me every day and say, Now, Berkeley, here's what you're to do tomorrow. Here's how you're to think tomorrow. Here's how you're to act and react next week. Jesus doesn't call me and tell me all that. It is clear to me that the Holy Spirit is the divine revealer, but how does He convey the will of God to me and to you? Do you see that God reigns, has that right as Creator, gave authority to His Son, and the Holy Spirit is the divine revealer, and that sets us up to answer the question of communication. Turn to Ephesians. 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I know I refer to this a lot. It fits our subject here perfectly. In Ephesians 3 verses 1 through 4. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly, when you read this, you may perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. We're going to add verse 5 which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, 
as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the divine revealer. Through the apostles, God's will was revealed and it's been written. And Paul says, when you read it, you can understand it. Back to what I said about apostles. They had no legislative authority. This shows the New Testament apostles and prophets knew what to say and write by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I wrote what was revealed to me, and when you read it, you can understand it. The will of God is communicated to us through the written revelation given by the Holy Spirit. We have it in this book. No human creed-making convention is necessary or authorized. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. And listen to verses 1 and 2 in Hebrews chapter 1. Here we're going to see God connected with his Son who reigns. And we're going to see communication. Long ago, at many times and in many ways... God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. How does God communicate to us? We know he has a right to. How does he communicate to us? By his Son. And because of Ephesians 3, we already know that that is through written revelation. You've heard this. When Jesus was on the earth, he selected certain men, apostles. He said to them, according to John 16, verse 13, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all the truth. Therefore, when we speak of Bible authority... We are talking about what God caused to be written through His Son, transmitted through the writings of the apostles, those men inspired by the Holy Spirit in what they wrote. This is something I hope each of you will read and study for yourself. Open your Bible and don't hesitate to say to yourself, I'm going to look at these passages and other passages and I'm going to see if the preacher is right. I'm going to see if the preacher is right about this. I want you to read and study and form your personal convictions about divine authority conveyed through what God gave in this book. And as I prepare to go into this further next Sunday morning, it will be the same. I will ask you to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. I want to go back where we started. In Matthew chapter 28, listen again to verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven 
and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's nail something down. Here at the conclusion of our first study in these two sermons, <clears throat> remember that we must never think of a book called the Bible just as a book, but always think primarily of the author, God, who reigns. And the only acceptable response to divine authority as it has been conveyed in the Word of God is captured by one phrase in verse 20 of Matthew 28. That phrase is, to observe all that I have commanded you. If God made Jesus the King, and Jesus has conveyed what we are to do through the writings of the New Testament given by the Spirit-inspired apostles, and we want to honor the King and live according to the will of the Maker, then what we need to do is what it says in this phrase, observe all that is commanded. More about that next Sunday. Finally, I want to ask, have you submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ the King. If you recognize that God is above all, and that's really where our study started, and that the Bible is His Word and Jesus is the Son of God, sin is the problem, but you can be redeemed by the blood, hearing that message, if you will believe in Jesus Christ and repent of your sin and confess your faith and be baptized, you enter into that kingdom where you submit to the King in your walk in life every day. We invite you to start that walk now as we stand together to sing. All things are ready.